USA Hockey wins the World Junior Championship. Red, white, blue, and gold. ever episode of the beyond the boars podcast i'm your host dan Cooper, along with my partner in crime dylan terry how are you man pretty good man uh, i was trying to watch the outdoor game at lake tahoe but apparently the nhl uh it's messed up a little bit i guess i honestly <laughs> i think we chose a good day to launch our podcast because our podcast will forever be known as the first ever day where the NHL played a hockey game on a swimming pool. So I think that's a really good, I think that's just a really fun historical nugget. Um, and apparently I didn't know this. I didn't realize this, but apparently uh, the sun melts ice. I didn't realize that, but I guess the NHL didn't either. I know dude. It's like Gary Bettman just said when they were giving updates about the ice, the sun or the clouds are everywhere except where the sun is. My mind was blown to hear that. I know, right? I was, I was like, I was like, <laughs> like, wow, weather 101. Um, but I will say this. I'm not going to give the NHL too much grief for this, and here's why. Because it took guts to do something cool like that. It took guts to go and, and try playing a sporting event right on a lake and try something that's never really been tried before. So I give the NHL credit for taking a swing. It might have been. It might end up being a strikeout by the end of the weekend, but I give them guts for trying something new, especially in a year where we're not getting a Winter Classic and we're not getting a Stadium Series game, and you know most arenas don't have fans um, in them. So it, it was nice to see something uh, be tried, even if it ended up failing. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to be too harsh on them. Exactly, man. And like from watching the game, it was really cool seeing like the lake in the background, the mountains, and the trees with like the fresh power fresh powder of snow on them i mean yeah and the kayakers like just pulling up like exactly man and like all these <laughs> random awesome. boats out there and like it gives you a feel of like actually being on like an outdoor rink like well i know you're not really used to it down there in good old yeah. sunny florida but i mean up here it's pretty much the weather that we have year round well not year round but pretty, pretty probably, much probably eight months <laughs> out of year, at least pretty much year round pretty i mean much. florida the extent of our outdoor rink i think like a couple of years ago, they put a ring in downtown Tampa for like a month around Christmas, but that's about the extent of, of rinks we get down there. I mean, Texas, another great Southern city though. They got their first taste of some, some outdoor rinks this week, which was kind of funny to see, but yeah, I, I think in many ways it's like the way hockey's supposed to be played in so many ways. It's just outside and in the fresh air and in the sunshine, even if it does melt the ice. So I think, the NHL deserves a lot of credit for trying it. Um, do, do I think it'll ever happen again after this debacle? Probably not. And then hopefully again, next year, we're able to have a winter classic and we're able to have fans in the stands and stuff. Yeah. Kudos to them for giving it a shot. I know a lot of people, I was reading some feedback on Twitter. They were enjoying watching the game, but to have it be delayed, it's probably going to be the longest delay in NHL history. Yeah, probably. The game's going to resume at midnight Eastern tonight. So, I mean, a lot of your Eastern yeah. Coast viewers are just going to miss out on the rest of the game, which thankfully it's on the Western Coast and it's kind of featuring 
two Western Coast teams in Vegas and uh, Colorado. But, I mean, what's I don't know if the same deal will happen um, tomorrow when the Bruins and Flyers play or not. I mean, they already announced that that start of that game is going to be delayed to, I think it's like 7 o'clock Eastern or something. Yeah, it was 7, which, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if uh, they shouldn't have problems like that tomorrow. But, I mean, it'll be cool to watch a game, like, on the outdoor rink, like, under the lights, too, like, in prime time, dude. That'll be really cool for the NHL. Yeah, I I think it'll definitely be cool. Um, I definitely think that all in all, though, um, you know, it was a good good effort, a a good try. And uh, I definitely – I'm definitely curious if you're a player, like, how do you play a period of of an NHL hockey game and then have, like, I don't know, like an eight hour break and then get back, get back into it. That's gotta be a really interesting spot to be in uh, for, for an NHL guy too. Um, obviously hope everybody stays safe and keeps it going, but, uh, but yeah, man, definitely all in all uh, a really cool event. Um, another really cool milestone happening today um, is, and love him or hate him, love him or hate him. I'm not the biggest fan of this guy, but he's a great player. Um, not as good as McDavid, but he's a great player. Um, Sidney Crosby is playing in his 1,000th NHL game tonight. Dylan, how is it that he's in his 1,000th game? I feel really old hearing that. I know, man. It seems like just yesterday he was tearing it up at the start of the league, getting concussion after concussion as well. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I remember he, the that's days. That's very true. Oh my gosh. As a Blackhawks fans, dude, I remember the days of him and Patty Kane going at it for the most points in the league. And now it just seems that they both have, I mean, Patty Kane's up there this year, I guess, but in the last couple of years, they both took a decline back to some of the younger generation, like McDavid, Marshawn, Pasternak, um, just to name a few, but yeah, it seems like he's been around forever and Pretty soon it's going to be Patty Kane's 1,000th game, too. I think he's going to hit that mark this coming year. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, dude, it just, they grow all, up so fast. Exactly, dude. All these players we grew up watching, like, our whole entire lives are starting to come to the end of their careers. And it's just – it's kind of sad to see, but it's also nice to see them going out on a high note, still playing at a, yeah. at a decent elite level. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Crosby's still one of the best in the game, obviously. Um, I think it's, I, I think I'm trying to think of my favorite Crosby memory. And like, obviously like there's the memories of all like the Crosby homers will say like, Oh, the gold medal goal, Canada, which by the way, that was stupid anyway, Canada hockey boo. Um, but, <laughs> but I think that um, my two favorite memories of him were the, the first, my first favorite memory was when he, uh, I think it was Ovi scored a hat trick for the Capitals and they were throwing hats on the ice and Crosby asked the refs to make an announcement for them to stop throwing hats on the ice. Um, I'm like, okay, I, I think that's pretty a beta move. And then I believe this happened when I think you all, the Blackhawks were playing in the stadium series. I think it was like 2013 or 2014. The whole stadium was yelling Crosby sucks. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that was like the Blizzard game there in Chicago. I remember. Yes, that's right. That was was like five to four. I think we won. Taze scored a goal. I think with not much time remaining to give us the win. But yeah, dude, that was like a blizzard that game. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think definitely really funny. Yeah, I think my favorite memory of Crosby. Like, I don't watch Crosby that much, especially being a Hawks fan. Like, I'm mainly pay attention to the Western Conference. Um. 
so yeah when i have seen highlights of crosby and stuff it's always been just watching him score like a ridiculous goal or something but so yeah i think my most vivid memory of Crosby would probably be the one-handed uh, backhander he scored against the Sabres. That was just, oh nasty, yeah, that was just a nasty, just nasty. shovels at one hand. Like it's impossible. Like I can barely do a backhander with like two hands, dude. Cause I mean, I'm, I've never played hockey my, my, like my whole entire life, except the last like four years I've started to started to pick it up a little bit, but Holy shit, dude, to do that with one hand and I can barely even do it with two. That's that, Shit's nuts, man. Especially yeah, on the just, NHL level. Like, that's crazy. Playing against the best in the world, yeah. I think my legit two memories I have of Crosby that stick out was, like, that I was present for. He scored a hat trick in a lightning, against the Lightning that, in a game I went to. It was 4-4, like 18 seconds left in the game. He scores his third goal for the hat trick. I'm like, wow, you jerk. Like, ruining my night. Um, and then the Eastern Conference Final in 2016, I was interning for the Bolts and – this dude just undressed one of our defense, but I'm like, man, this guy's just, it's not even fair. It's just not even fair when he gets going. Um, he, he is that good. He is that generational of a player. So um, a thousand games is pretty cool. Um, good for him. Um, especially with all the concussion issues, like, Hey, you never knew if he was going to get there, but he did. And, and he's probably got some gas left in the tank too, I would guess. So even though the pens are kind of on the downswing of things, um, definitely cool. Definitely cool. Yeah. feat. Yeah. It's, Congratulations to Sid. And uh, I don't know, dude, I've been hearing rumors about with uh, the new GM there in Pittsburgh, uh, Ron Hextall and his crew coming in. I've been hearing rumors about Crosby maybe getting shipped out of town. So, oh, yeah, well, I have, yeah. to, I have to keep an eye on that one. It could yeah, happen. So celebrate his 1000th game this season right now. And maybe who knows, he'll be on maybe a new team this coming spring. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving along. So I think how we want to do this show and how we want to kind of break it down is we want to go, you know, go through each division, see what's going on in each, in each division. Um, and then also give our way to early prediction through, we're about what a quarter of the way through roughly or a quarter to a third of the way through of our games, I guess somewhere in that range. Cause it's hard because some teams have played like 10 games. Some teams have played 20 because of COVID it's been all of an, it's been a nightmare. Um, but breaking it down um i think we're going to go through and go through each division first and i think we're going to start with the central division because well we're both central division guys i'm a bolts fan dylan is a blackhawks fan so dylan i'll start with this question um how many points do you think the lightning are going to win the central division by i don't know man depends if dallas ever plays more than just a few games and if carolina can uh stay in the hunt too i mean those guys look like the two front runners other than tampa bay in our division and actually florida florida's hanging in there another one of your teams down there in the sunshine state they're they're playing yeah. pretty good hockey your boy uh, well your former boy carter vahagi has looked pretty good this season um he's came back and bit the hawks ass a couple times when the hawks have played them the first couple games of the season and uh but yeah i think all all in all tampa bay is just gonna walk through the division like it's a cakewalk and uh yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd say they'd, they'll win it at least by like 10 points or so. Yeah, I mean, I think when it's all said and done, I we're, we're still the best team in the division. I'm not even going to cap on that one. We've lost three games in regulation this year without Kucherov. I mean, who's not just probably our best offensive player, um, but he's a top five player in the world, arguably. If not top five, top 10. So, um, you know, uh, doing all that without him, having a good year without him, 
Tampa, I mean, we're going to be in the mix, going to be in the playoffs for sure. Definitely, I think, cup contenders. Um, but I will say this. I've watched the Hurricanes play quite a bit. I've watched the Panthers play quite a bit. I really like what those two teams are doing. I really think they're two – like, it's not going to be a total cakewalk for Tampa. Like, the, the, the Western division, which we're going to get to, that division is awful. It's not going to be a cakewalk for any of these really teams in the in the division. I feel like aside from Nashville and Detroit, the whole division's relatively competitive. Yeah, exactly, man. And I'm surprised because going into the season, I thought Nashville would at least contend for a spot, and then they've just like dropped off a cliff this year. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, they still got the the majority of their core from when they were decent back a few years ago. So. Yeah, dude, I've watched a lot of Carolina this year when the Hawks have played them because, I mean, I think the Hawks have already played like six games against Carolina. Oh, really? Crazy this year, which, I mean, the Hawks have actually looked pretty competitive in those. But, yeah, like you said with Florida, Florida's cooking on all cylinders. I mean, I can never say his name, fucking Sergey, whatever the hell his last name is. He looks to be, yeah, (laughs) that guy. Oh, my God, I know his name. I can never fucking say it right. Yeah. But <laughs> so anyways, he's looked yeah. like a complete dumpster fire again this year. But I mean, that yeah, Chris that was a horrible Drieger, signing. Dude. Everybody knew that was a horrible signing when exactly. they signed it. And then on top of that, the fact that they made that signing and then they took Spencer Knight in the draft, yeah. that that's just like why they stay bad. That's why, like, when you say bad teams stay bad, you just look no further than a stupid decision like that. Exactly. And then they got that dude that started for Team Canada in the World Junior Championship Finals as well. I forget his name right now, but um, he's another goalie prospect they got in their system. So, I mean, and then like I was getting to that Chris Drieger dude, he's came in and played pretty good for them so far. Yeah. Yeah, yes. He's been more serviceable than Sergey has this year. And then you got a couple of this, these young kids coming into the lineup. Um, like I said earlier, your boy Carter Verhage, he's came in and been on fire whereas tampa he didn't he barely cracked the lineup and then yeah, patrick he's not hornquist, that good. patrick hornquist has regained his uh youth days i guess and he's averaging almost point per game right now and barkov and huberdo are still leading the charge like always and yeah their defense has been playing pretty good too so florida has been a yeah. nice surprise this year yeah they have been um i have a take about columbus uh, Columbus should fold their franchise. <laughs> no good player <laughs> will ever stay in Columbus. And Columbus isn't a fine city, but I, I've been there. I've been to a game there. It's not the kind of city that is going to ever draw any star player power. It's got no tradition. It's got lousy weather. It's in the middle of really nowhere. It's, it's a decent city in the middle of nowhere. I think if the Blue Jackets were smart, they would just fold it because they will never be able to keep any star power to, to ever. They'll never want to stay in Columbus. I mean, Jack Roslovic might. I mean, he's a hometown boy and he's been playing <laughs> on a tear since he came into Columbus, man. Trust me, he shoved it off the shut. He's another one that shoved it up the Blackhawks ass multiple times this season, especially in that game that we choked it six to five and we lost. And I think Lincoln let in a goal with like a minute and 20 seconds left. So, I mean, if this kid keeps playing the way he does, maybe that's one superstar they'll have on their hands. I don't know. Yeah, but still, they'll never be able to keep, like, a top draft pick or a top free, like Panarin, Rick Nash. Just the list goes on and on and on, like the true star power. Exactly, man. Jack Roslovic might grow into be a fine player, but he'll never be, like, a, a superstar. 
they've had a lot of superstars in that building that have just said, you know what? No, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to, I don't want to play here. So <laughs> just fold your team. Just, you got your nice little sweep against us a few years back <laughs> that your fans cling to, even though we beat you guys in the playoffs. And here's just a good idea. Just fold your team. You suck. So boom, <laughs> easy enough, but let's go ahead. Let's go on to the, let's, let's talk about the Western conference. Um, and then actually, you know, you want to, let's go to the North. Let's go to the, let's go to the Canadian division first. We'll save the West for last because um, the Western division kind of sucks. So, <laughs> but let's talk about the, the, the Scotiabank North division. Um, and for this division, I think the essential question is, can anybody beat Toronto in this division? Yeah. I mean, the Senators have a couple times this season. <laughs> True. True. That's about, that's about five, one down. Yeah. I was going to say about, that's about two out of their four wins this season have come it against is. the Leafs. So, yep. I mean, they're certainly beatable. I mean, Toronto, like they have a few gaps in their team. Like if they're not clicking on all cylinders, like offensively, their goaltending is wildly mediocre. And I think the defense is. is wildly mediocre. I mean, yeah. Oh, oh the whole Canadian division really aside from Montreal, I feel like is really weak defensively. Exactly, man. That's why like every game that you see in that division has just been like a barn board barn burner. It's been like six to five games, seven, six games. Like you said, or the other night, Toronto freaking blew a five to one lead against the Sens out of all teams and gave up six goals to the senators. Like you think this team's going to be a cup contending team when you're allowing six goals to A team that's done here's dog what, shit. Like, here's what I'll say though about Toronto, and really whoever wins that Canadian division, Toronto's gonna. I think it's gonna be Toronto. I think they have the easiest path of all time to get to the conference final this year, simply because you get basically all right. So Ottawa, not even a playoff picture team, they're out. So it's really a six-team race in this Scotiabank North division, right? Mm-hmm. You'll have Vancouver. They've been trash this year. Probably not going to make it. Calgary, yeah, they're 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 a bit shaky. Um, Montreal, I think, has probably been their most formidable opponent in that in that division. But when it comes down to it, I, I don't see any of the teams beating them. So I think Toronto might have a, they're going to have a cakewalk to the to the conference finals. And then if they get hot from there, they only got to win eight more games to win the cup. So, you know, and do I think they're going to win the cup? No, I don't, because they're the least, and inevitably they will choke. And you're right, they are. They do have very fragile goaltending and very shaky goaltending but i just think it's really um I, I i just think it's really crazy how that division's really stacked up how um it's by far the weakest division it's even probably weaker than the west but nobody wants to admit it because it's kind of fun to see all the canadian teams play each other yeah exactly man it's it's kind of weird because like a lot of people are saying it's like their own little division up there i mean if you're not like in canada like well Put it this way: If you're in Canada, you you had, you're not even watching any any of the other league or any of the other teams in the league this year. Like it's been just focused all on Canadian teams up there. Like, and it's, it'll be weird to see like in playoff time. Like you're going to be playing against all these teams that you haven't seen all season. So I mean, who knows what will happen if the Leafs get too comfortable with them torching every team in their division just because it's such a weak division. And then you get a good team coming in and like the conference finals or like just a, in, even in the finals. They're just yeah, waiting exactly. for Boston. <laughs> exactly. Just waiting to get this torch. Oh, man. Like uh, a tradition unlike any other. That's why the season's just been so weird. And it's just going to be like 
a while. Like, yeah. I think the best all-around team has the best chance of winning the cup this year. Yeah, because it, in some ways, like, you have to beat your own division first off. But, you know, I think it general, genuinely will be at least maybe aside from Toronto because I don't think at the end of the day they're a top four team. I really don't. But I really think that three of the best four teams in the whole league are going to end up in the final this year. So, um, or in the conference final this year, which I think will be fun. Um, and I, and I realize we didn't make a central prediction, but I'm going with Tampa coming out of the central and being in that final four. And I'm going Toronto coming out of the, the North to be in the final four. Th- those are my two predictions I'll throw out there right now. All right. My I'll way agree. too early predictions. <laughs> I'll agree with you for the central Tampa is by far above and beyond. Um, I could see the Canes giving them a run for their money, but the, I agree. I, just, I think the veteran ship and have yeah. that coming off of just winning the cup last year. I think that'll propel them a little bit. And it's the, the same team. Exactly. Same team. Like we have, we've maybe lost a couple guys here. They're like Bogosian and Verhage, but exactly. pretty much non-factors. Plus you're going to be getting Kucherov back too. And you're going <laughs> to yeah. be having Stamco still if he doesn't get hurt yeah. again. And that's oh, an aspect, that or that's an element you didn't even have in the playoffs last year. Yep. I mean, yeah. you guys will be firing on all cylinders, and you'll get there. Um, yeah. As for I, the that, North, for. I think, I mean, we all know Toronto is known for choking, and I think if the Habs can put a run together, I like the Habs overall on a team. Like, we all know how Carey Price can just stand on his head whenever he – feels like it basically yeah and yeah, that's true. montreal likes to lay the body and grind people down so much i think they could start to get in the leafs heads especially if that comes down to like a playoff series like montreal versus toronto i think montreal could have the um what am i looking for montreal could grind the leafs they could down. have that x factor yeah they, exactly they, they could they could yeah they could really because they're a really much just, more physical te- team. Than yeah, Toronto. they they could turn into a slugfest. And and right, I think Toronto's they made moves to try to become more physical, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, I think it takes buy-in from the top down for that to happen. I just don't see that buy-in from a lot of their young stars. Yeah, exactly. Marner might be third in the league in points. Um, Matthews might have you know a goal a game basically, but I just don't know if I see. And I love Austin Matthews, by the way, like great American hero going to be probably the captain of our Olympic team next year and whatnot, <clears throat> but <laughs> oh, right. One of them, but, uh, <laughs> but when it comes down, they'll at least be on a line together. You can pretty much guarantee that, but oh, I just don't know if I've seen them buy into playing good team defensive friendly hockey, because, you know, as it stands now, um, you know, they're just letting in too many goals, I think. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, though. Definitely out of that North Division. Uh, let's move along to the Eastern Division. This is, you know, preseason-wise, I said, this is the most loaded division. Um, but as we kind of, you know, go through this year, I, it's still a very good division. I don't know if it's as loaded, though, as I thought it was going to be. Exactly, man. I thought the Bruins took a, a significant step back from what they were. I mean, they lost Tory Krug, um, which is a big piece of your defense. I mean, he was like the the guy on their defense. Um, and uh, the Rangers, I thought they were going to be better than what they have been this year. I mean, getting Lafreniere, I thought he was going to come out and torch the league. Well, I mean, he, was he has one point. To be the, yeah, 
Yeah, he has one point. Kevin Lankin <laughs> in fifteen but, games. Yeah, Kevin Lankin in Chicago's goalie has more points on the offensive than that is uh, insane. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nuts, dude. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, there's some first overall picks who, who start slow, but Lafreniere, I, man, he just tore it up in junior. So I'm really just very surprised that he hasn't found his game yet. But uh, give it time. Give it time um, for him. There's always some first overall picks that start slow, but that that can't be an encouraging sign if you're a Rangers fan right now. Exactly, man. And I thought, and then like, the whole Tony D'Angelo saga. Oh yeah, yeah. Teammate, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Capo Caco hasn't played that well either. I mean, he was a number two right. overall pick just a few years ago too, and he hasn't played that well either. So I mean, it's weird that none of these guys are like clicking. I mean, they're supposed to be high 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 talents and they just haven't been producing it's been yeah it, it, it simply hasn't come together yet and there's still time if you're a rangers fan i wouldn't worry um but what i would say is i i would maybe if if you know a month ago you know before the season or I guess a month and a half ago before the season started if i'm like yeah we might be competing for the playoffs this year like this rebuild is going great i might just be a little bit more hesitant i might just be like oh I don't know. Is it going super great? Like I might just be a little nervous. I'm not saying hit the panic button, <laughs> but I'm saying eh, maybe I'm not as excited as I was a month and a half ago. Yep. And it sounds, it looks like the Islanders have actually taken a step back from last year too. I mean, last year, Barry Trotz came in and turned that team around. <clears throat> they were looking like cup contenders last year. And then this year they, I mean, they've been playing all right still. I mean, Maddie Barzell has been looking like a, got out on the ice i mean if you just look at that one goal that he scored i think it was against pittsburgh the other day just it was just a nasty finish man yeah straight around the defender and then just comes in and goes shelf but i mean i hate the islanders i was gonna say they haven't looked as good i hate them johnny boy i hate everything about them i hate everything about that team and here's why (laughs) the way they play they take all of the fun out of the sport they play this boring, unfun, you know, clutch and grab Lou Lamarillo style that really hasn't been in for about since they changed the whole two-line pass rule and all those rules after the 0-4 lockout. Um, they, they, they just play. They slow the game down, make it so boring, so frustrating. And the worst part about it for if you're an Islanders fan is your games are boring. Oh, and also you'll never win the Stanley Cup playing that way because there will always be a team that will be superiorly talented to you that will just beat the brakes off of you that you just can't bully around like that. There will always be a team. It will happen to you every single year. Okay, cool. You swept Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, but then what happened? You got beaten by a more talented Boston team. Oh, a couple of years later, oh, you guys, who they beat? I think they beat the Capitals and the Flyers in the playoffs last year. And then again, a more talented Tampa Bay team who probably in all honesty would have swept them. If Kucherov, they lost lightning lost both games. Kucherov didn't play in. And that's the only two games they lost on that whole series. So when it comes down to it, um, the Islanders, I, I, I hate them. They take all the fun out of the sport and they'll never, you'll never even see the reward for doing that. It's not like you'd be like, yeah, well, it's not fun, but we at least win. Like how Patriots fans always said in, you know, the NFL, but they're boring and they're never going to win. Exactly, man. And like I was saying, Johnny Boychuk retired and they lost Devin Tays to Colorado too. So, I mean, that was two big names. Two on their huge blue line. losses. 
Exactly. And then Thomas. And right, right defense, righty defense is always like the hardest part too. the hardest guys to get a righty defense uh, in the league. And so you lost two really quality righty defensemen if you're the Islanders. So tough, tough scene for him. Yep. The team that surprised me, though, in that division is actually New Jersey. I mean, aside from yeah. their COVID games and stuff that have gotten postponed and them only playing like what I think like 10. They've games. only played 12 at this time. Yeah. Say, and I know he sure got named captain today. Nico, he's your yeah. captain. Exactly, man. And then just coming out, they, they were expecting Corey Crawford to be their goalie this season. And then he just shockingly retires and Blackwood's played good in that. I mean, the, the young guys, Jack Hughes was labeled as a bust after last year. And now this year he was going off before they, had a few of their games canceled there, man. I even stashed him on fantasy in one of my leagues. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been tearing it up lately. And uh, yeah, the Orlando boy from my yeah. neck of the woods. But yeah, I mean, he's got nine points in 11 games this year. And they're scoring goals, you know, they're uh, at least more goals than they were last year. Blackwood looks excellent. I agree with you there. So maybe the Jersey, maybe they're like the Frisky team. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. But you can kind of see some of the pieces there. And then they're going to get Nolan Foot in a few years and whatnot. Like, they've got some pieces for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and then the Sabres are still a disappointment. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to fix that. Like, they've I, tried everything. I don't either, dude. It's funny because my boss at work, he is a big Sabres fan. And I told him, like, before the season even started, I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys have such high hopes. You signed Taylor Hall. You got a decent team looking. And then you're put in the division of death, basically, the East. Yep. And, <laughs> and then just, I don't know, dude, yeah, Jeff Skinner, just, I don't know. He, he's terrible contract. Face, yeah, fell off the face of the earth. I mean, scores 40 goals one year. And then next two seasons combined, he doesn't even reach 20. Like, and now he's playing fourth line, I've read. So to pay a nine yeah. nine million dollar contract to a four essentially a fourth line guy now, that's that's a tough situation to fix there in Buffalo. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I have a take for Buffalo. They need to trade Eichel. I, I've been reading. They need rumors to just get too. a haul for Jack Eichel. I've been reading because rumors they're too. never gonna win. Because the reason they paid Skinner. Everybody knew that was going to be a horrible contract. The reason they paid him was because they had to, because of Eichel. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're trying so hard to make Eichel happy that it's going to end up just, they're just shooting themselves in the foot even more. They're never going to be a cup contender. They're just, they're like a cursed franchise. And Eichel's good. He's a great player, really. He's more, better than good. But there's just something about that team where there's just no, they're so far behind the curve, I feel like, and every move they made just, I feel like, pushed them more behind the curve that they might just – I'm not going to go as far as saying Columbus-style, like fold your team, but I will say that you might want to consider trading Eichel to get just a haul of pieces. I was reading rumors. that It was funny. I was actually reading uh, the rumors about Patrick Kane going to Buffalo and we us getting oh, Eichel in return. But, I mean, the Chicago would have to give up a lot for that. They would have to give up more than just Kane, especially Kane being, like, 32 years old. I'd like, you'd have to give up yeah. rounders. You'd have to give up probably some of our defensive prospects. So, I mean, how does that I happen? Think, I don't think – I, I think that would in some ways be, like, addition by subtraction. Like, I think they'd be – Ike would be better off going to a team 
that might be a little bit in a little bit different spot with the Blackhawks than the Blackhawks. The Hawks have all the aging stars, but I think it may, more like I'd love to see a team like New Jersey pull off a trade for Eichel. Like that would be cool, and they might have the pieces to do that. Yeah, they might have the young pieces it. to do that. What about Jack but, Eichel and Ottawa? Yeah, that's another team, that, right? That that would be that would look pretty. Cool. They have the, the picks and they have the pieces to do that for sure. Exactly, so, man. um. And that's, a, I mean, I never want to play for that garbage owner if I was an NHL player, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's definitely an option. So yeah, the tough scene for the Sabres, I, it's every year. It's like, they're over the hump. They're going to be over. And then it's just, they just disappoint their fans. Last division. We, oh, who do you have coming out of the East division before we move on? Um, I got Philly. They were my pick to start Philly. the year and um, they're remaining my pick. They, they got a really good offense this year and their goaltending is actually there now with Carter Hart. So they were close last year. I mean, what did they make conference semifinals last year? Yeah. By the Islanders and the Islanders have taken a step back. The Bruins have taken a step back. The Rangers are still aren't there. New Jersey is still nowhere near. So I'm going to go with Philly. Yeah. I, I, I hate to be, cause I feel like we've agreed on everything, but I hate to be that in, but it makes sense. Yeah. It, they're the best team in that division, not Boston. Um, they're the scariest team in that division, not Boston. So um, I'd say Philly comes out of there as well. Uh, let's look at the West because the West, in my opinion, is the most top-heavy division. Um, I think there's three really good teams and five really bad teams in this division. It's, I think the, the, the Blues, Vegas, and Colorado are good. I think Arizona eh, – maybe Arizona's kind of meh. Kind of say, meh. Arizona's been pretty decent this year. Yeah, yeah they've been decent. And then – LA Kings, Anaheim, Minnesota, Sanders just dumped their fires completely. Arizona, though, they're a little tough to gauge because they played – Arizona and St. Louis have now played seven games against each other. And I just don't know if that's, like, a good indicator of how can you judge two teams and their ap- like their aptitude, if you will, if they're almost playing a whole playoff series against each other in the regular season. Like, you're bound to – you know, you're bound – each team is bound to win at least two of those games. You would think in the NHL, this isn't the NBA where if you put the Lakers against the, I don't even know who the worst team is in the NBA. Cause I don't watch the NBA, but if you put the Lakers against, you know, the Charlotte Bobcats or whatever, or the Charlotte Hornets or whatever, like they'd probably beat them seven times. This isn't the NBA. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I will say this. I, I wouldn't shock me though. St. Louis, if St. Louis won the cup this year, I think they're that good. Wouldn't shock me if Vegas or Colorado won the cup this year. I think both of those teams are that good too. Exactly, man. I had my pick coming into the season was Vegas, and I think I'm going to stay with that pick. I mean, Flurry's been playing outstanding this year. He's got like a 945 save percentage. I think he's like, I can't even remember how he, I know he started the majority of the games because I got Robin Leonard on one of my fantasy teams, and he's been <laughs> hurt, dinged up, and COVID and everything else. So, I mean, He's been dinged up. So Flurry's been basically the guy in Vegas this year. And he's been, like I said, 945 something save percentage. Um, their offense is still clicking. Um, William Carlson's there. You got Jonathan Marshall. So you basically got the same squad. Plus, you're adding in Alex Petrangelo. Like that just mm-hmm. sends you over the top, if you want my opinion on that. Whereas yeah. I know a lot of people are picking Colorado to win that division as well and be a cup contender. I just think Colorado doesn't have the depth and net that Vegas has. 
that was my factor. Yeah. That was my X factor starting the season. Why I picked Vegas over Colorado. And I think that's, I still think that's going to be Colorado's downfall is their goaltending. Yeah. that That's tough to argue. Um, I have the best counterpoint though of all time for that argument. Um, right. The golden me. helmets, the golden helmets <laughs> are so bad. There's no chance a team can win the best trophy in all sports. If they're wearing those stupid piss golden helmets and piss golden uniforms, they're I'll, so I'll ugly and so disgusting that there's no chance that team has even a remotely a remote chance to win the cup just because <laughs> <laughs> they're they're reverse retros today too on Lake Tahoe like those ugly ass yeah. catch up looking jerseys are those are not not. They're not. They no. do not have good. Yeah. They do not have good uniforms. I personally hate all the glitter and the Vegas glam. <laughs> it's just, it's just gimmicky to me. And but I've heard it's a great hockey town. I definitely want to see a game there soon, and all that stuff. So I'm not going to hate on it too much. Um, I do agree, hockey wise, they are definitely one of the best teams in the league. For me, though, I think St. Louis is just playing really well this year. Um, and again, tough to gauge because they played seven games already against Arizona and all that. But I think that's a team who. Yeah, you lose Petrangelo, but then you replace him with Tory Krug. I mean, that's – it's really – I wouldn't even say that's – if it's a drop-off at all, it's not a significant drop-off. So um, Keep in mind, they lost – who was it retired? Was it Alexander Steen? Alex Steen, or? yeah. Alex Steen yeah, retired. So he retired. Um, I mean, Petrangelo – or not Petrangelo. Tarasenko is still an uninjured reserve, so they're yep. not getting him back yet. Yeah, Robert, exactly. Robert Thomas is hurt right now. So they gotta, they're going to be getting him back yet. And Jordan Cairo has been playing pretty good this season, too. He has. So, and then, obviously, they got Mike Hoffman, too, uh, coming in. Exactly. But I like, completely forgot about him, yeah. Defensively, I think there might be a little thin on the back end, just a little bit thin. Um, but I think, overall, that forward group is really good. It's, it's full of guys who play that playoff style of hockey. They play both ways. The, they don't make mistakes defensively, the forwards. They're not out of position. Um, and obviously Ryan O'Reilly's like the king of that. The d- guy's probably going to win the selfie every year until he retires, um, <laughs> or at least be in the conversation with the Bergerons and the Anthony Sorelli's of the world. But um, when it comes down to it, man, like I, I think the Blues are a good team. I think it wouldn't shock me if St. Louis, Vegas, or Colorado, if any of those teams, um, as long as Vegas doesn't wear their golden helmets, if any of those teams are in the cup final this year. <laughs> It really wouldn't shock me. Completely agree so. with you, man. The first time I saw the pictures with Vegas wearing those gold helmets, oh my god, dude! I want you texted me. I think about it. You were like, "Oh, that's horrible." Yeah, I yeah, think you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. I think you said like we have to talk about these whenever we record our first episode. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because they're oh disgusting. God. Yeah, they were terrible. <laughs> yes, but uh, any closing thoughts today, Daniel? Uh, going back to St. Louis, I think their only downfall that they have. I mean. Jesus, they, I guess they got a shit ton of players on freaking injured reserve right now. I didn't even realize they got, yeah, they they got Tyler Bozak on injured reserve, Jaden Schwartz. Oh, that's on right. Reserve, Colton Pareko's day to day, Ivan Barbashev on day to day. Like, holy shit. But I think their downfall is going to be their backup goaltending. I mean, if something happens to Bennington or if he starts playing bad in the playoffs like he did last year, I mean, they got this dude, Vili Huso, as their backup goalie. And yeah, honestly, Bennington I've, could, it, that's the X factor. I agree. 
Yeah, I yeah. haven't even heard of this dude. So because Bennington couldn't stop a beach ball last year in the playoffs, and if that happens again, they're they're in trouble because they won't beat Colorado. They won't beat Vegas. Exactly. That's the case. They, they don't get out of their division. They case. don't got Jake Allen back there as a safety net anymore. So. Yeah. And Montreal does. So if something happens to Price, Montreal is uh, <laughs> competitive there. And um, but yeah, Jake definitely. Allen, I was reading Jake Allen's got better stats than Carey Price so far this year. Yeah, which is another interesting nuts, So dude. It, it has it has been very very interesting. But listen, Dylan, this was fun, man. I, I it's nice to finally get our first episode under the belt. Um, talk some hockey. Mm. Uh, you know, man, this is this is gonna be a good show. I, I have a good feeling for it, guys. Uh, Dylan, plug our socials, and then we'll sign off. Plug our socials. All right, you guys can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Boards Podcast, on TikTok at Beyond the Boards Podcast. And lastly, Twitter it is going to be at beyond underscore boards because apparently your username on Twitter can only be so long. So I had to settle for that. So, but yeah, go give us a follow. I like it. Guys. Beyond boards. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool too. Yeah. But a nice little switch up. It's not all the same. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely cool. Tell your friends about us. Share this with your friends. Subscribe. Thank you all so much. And we will gladly see you guys next time.
When they needed Spencer Knight, he was there. When they needed clutch goals, they got him. When they needed big plays on their back end, they got him. The strength of this team was going to be their defense, how well they defended, and how their defense influenced how they played offensively. And each part of that component held up.